Hey, y'all, before we get started, are you following me on Instagram? Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. I've already looked you up. I already know. But it's okay. All you got to do is go to Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y, over on the IG. Slide into my DMs. Let me know you found me from the show. And say hi. I'd love to hear from you. Again, that is at Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y, over on IG. All right, y'all. Here is a true story. A few weeks ago, I was in Nashville with a few friends. We had an Airbnb and we were just hanging out, getting away for a few days. And I was sharing with a friend of mine how I've been kind of torn lately. And this is a few weeks ago. I feel like I've sorted through some of it by now. But at the time, I was really struggling with, you know, feeling this draw back towards creativity and building a more creative-based business as opposed to what I have been doing over the past few years. If you're new around here, I used to be a photographer. I was a photographer for years. And then I traded in my camera and went fully online working in more digital marketing and podcasting and figuring out how to build systems and funnels and all these different things, which is great, which is cool. But lately, I've just been drawn back to more artistic type work. To hear more about this, you can go to Creative Calling. It's Fidget Friday a few weeks ago. But I was disclosing all this to my friend, talking to her about it. But I was saying, you know, I I feel kind of torn because although I do really want to go back into creative work and photography and all of that, I still love what I do with unconventional leaders. And is there a place for the topic of leadership within the context of creativity or those two completely different worlds? I didn't really have a conclusion when I was talking to her about it. I was just sharing how I felt. And when I got done, I looked at my phone and I swear, I promise you, I looked into my DMs and I had a message from someone named Vlad Roskin, who said that he was a photographer and had found me by searching for unconventional leadership. How ironic is that? We started chatting and he was sharing about his draw towards the topic of leadership in an unconventional manner and how he wants to use his photography to elevate that message. Coincidence? I think not. I've always felt a man's fear. I was born with several palsy. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. What's up, y'all? Welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, I'm so glad you're here. My name is Heather Parody. I am your host. Today, we are talking with my new friend, Vlad Roskin, who is a Vancouver-based photographer, quote, looking for remarkable stories worldwide. Vlad spent 10 years as an architect, but felt unfulfilled. So he decided to dig in deep, figure out how he really wanted to serve the world, and he landed on photography. The story that I told at the beginning is completely true. It was nuts. And I just felt like it was confirmation for me personally to lean into my instincts, even if Sometimes it doesn't make sense. That is the unconventional path, is it not? I asked Vlad to come on today, not only because it's just a cool story how we connected, but he has a lot of wisdom to share with us in how to create an environment to be creative. Like I said, he spent years as an architect, so he learned about cultivating environments, creating environments, the importance of your surroundings, and 
now through his creative work, he's able to translate some of that knowledge to help us today create the environment, well, to be (laughs) creative. Make sure you connect with him. It's VladRoskin.com and over on IG Vlad's Gallery. That is linked in the show notes. Today, we talk about how our environments influence us and the importance of ritual, cultivating curiosity in your environment, and being present to really capture something. But before we lean into that, I invite you, if you are an unconventional leader, if you are ambitious and creative and going against the grain, Please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. And if you haven't done so yet, it just takes a moment and means the world to me to get an honest, honest review from you. But let's let's stop this chit chat. Such a crazy story how I connected with Vlad. I'm so excited to introduce him to you. Here is Cultivating an Environment to Be Creative with Vlad Roskin. Well, I stumbled into architecture naturally in the in the sense when I was like after after school, I had to decide like what kind of or what kind of direction I was going to go uh, studying further. And I was always been drawing as a kid. I was like a pretty lonely kid. So I was pretty, I had to keep myself busy. So I was pretty How were you lonely? Lonely? Well, I was like, I, the first 10 years of my, my child, I was alone. You know, like, I mean, uh, my, my brother, who is uh, 10 years older than me. Well, I have two brothers and one sister. And they're all much, old, much younger than me. So there's always 10 years difference. So I, I spent a whole like uh, childhood kind of a, a, lo- a lone child, I would say. I was born in Kazakhstan, you know, I was living alone with my mom because my dad left uh, left uh, us uh, when I was one. And uh, I got kind of used to just figuring out how I would uh, fill my time <laughs> working with Lego blocks or drawing or you know and in Kazakhstan my first eight years I spent in Kazakhstan was not like a it's a you know third world country so I just spent like doing whatever was at, at my hands you know uh, and I actually moved uh, to Belgium with my mom uh, when I was eight and I suddenly came into this very new world of you know western society everything was different I had to learn the language in the kind of I, I think like I don't know six months <laughs> more or less because I had to continue school, of course. Felt a bit alienated being there at age eight, nine, you know, arriving in, a, in this uh, amazing world, I should say. But at the, at the time, I was just like, I had to adapt so fast and I had to, to learn all these new things and all these new customs. You know, I had suddenly I had a whole new family. And so, yeah, I spent, um, I maybe, I maybe had like one friend for like four years. <laughs> wow. So, because I was just, uh, I was kind of the weird kid, you know, at that age, you're basically just trying to fit in and you're looking for where could I belong? And, um, you just, uh, everybody that wants to talk to you, make friends with them. With them. I got a bit bullied and everything, all, all, everything that goes together with that kind of new world. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, it, Looking back, that's exactly what also I think gave me a lot of the tools to become very independent, very young and uh, to kind of see the world uh, being an observer more than like, you know, participant in the beginning, because I was just watching. I I wanted to learn how everybody was being, uh, you know, normal. But coming back to how I became an architect is that, of course, kind of, I don't know, maybe it's being the observer, maybe it's just like spending a lot of time alone drawing and like kind of exploring the world my own way. Uh, like I, I played Lego until I was like 17, 18 years old because I just loved constructing things. You know, I made, uh, I didn't never follow the manual. I just constructed my own kind of 
cars and buildings and all that. And when I when the time came to choose, uh, oh, am I going to do I don't know psychology or doctor or whatever or uh, or, or oh, why not architect? You know, everybody has been already talk telling me like, oh, you're drawing so nicely, just go into architecture. Um, and yeah, so I ended up uh, choosing arch- uh, architecture at university. First, it was a big struggle, but eventually I made through it. So it was like five year study. You know, looking back again, it's like an amazing education, which gives you a very deep perspective on human needs. And it's a very kind of uh, holistic approach to different kind of multidisciplinary subjects, which which were really interesting to get a to go, to get a, a look at, you know, like sciences, psychology, sociology, you know, obviously construction, technology and all that. Then when I finally stepped into the professional world, I uh, spent 10 years as an architect, but that really gave you a very good perspective on how everything worked. Now I'm I'm 34. You look, I thought you were way younger than me. I'm 34 too. I thought you were like in your mid twenties. You must drink a lot of water. (laughs) I'm over here drinking a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Okay. So you spent 10 years in architecture. I mean, like letting go, I don't want to like just skim over this. I was just on the phone with somebody before I got on a call with you and she built massively stupid, successful business. And she says, I'm not happy with it anymore. I'm giving it up and giving something up, whether it be monetarily successful or time invested or giving up this social construct of like, you know, I've worked so hard for this and this is what people know me as and the acceptance and the belonging of that. I don't want to like roll over that because I think that's what keeps so many people back. As they said, you know, I've spent so much time. I've spent so much money. I've invested so much of myself in this one lane. The uh, awareness and courage it takes to say, okay, cool but this isn't what I want to do with the rest of my life. Tell me about that point. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand that it's, I don't know what it takes to get that kind of courage or braveness or something, but I think for me, because I I have this kind of history of a lot of moving around and adapting, I never never was afraid to kind of leave my comfort zone and just uh, do something different. You know, with me, that was always kind of a, uh, intuition that I tried to follow. And often that was really against everybody's advice. You know, I had to really kind of prove myself early on, just to just do it and, you know, get all the, get all the shit from everybody. But then when they see that you're actually becoming somehow successful in whatever you're, you know, you're, you're doing new, then that changes everything because then you get credibility, you know? So, but anyway, so in my architecture, world let's say I, I i don't know i realized that he, there was more to i don't know i was like very sensitive to what was going on in the world I, there was so much going on like politically socially you know the loneliness and and, and, and as an architect i think you really get you, you get your nose <laughs> pointed at that because you're responsible for creating environments for people to be happy you know you, you're supposed to create a higher quality of life by creating a building so you really think, think deeply about all this aspect at least i did did they teach you that architect school did they bring that to your awareness that you're creating environments for people did they go that deep with you Mm, that's it's a long time ago i I think there's parts of that you know during my architecture education everything was kind of in silos 
And what, 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 what if, if I would be a teacher now, I would make everything much more mixed. You know, it's such a, all these multidisciplinary approaches should be combined. It's, they shouldn't be kept in silos. So I would say that we, we gave, uh, they gave us some kind of insight in the social aspects uh, or the psychological aspects of people, but not enough, you know. It's something I, I just developed. I, I was always very interested in human behavior, maybe because of my childhood, you know, I'm being very observant. And I just, I wanted to do more than just like build a building and hope that, you know, people will be happy in there. So I, I felt after a certain time that there was, my work wasn't impactful enough to do these changes that were needed in the world. And secondly, also, I, I, I worked a lot as a self-employed back in Belgium, um, because there it's, it's natural that you finish your studies and you become a freelance or self-employed architect. And I got to work for a lot of companies and that gave me really a very broad perspective. I worked for, you know, contractors, real estate developers, and architecture firms. So I could really see how this world was running, you know, and, and, and in my opinion, it was not running based on the human needs. It was more running on investor needs. So we, we had to, we had to draw a building a certain way because it was just financially viable that way. And the kind of human aspect got pushed to the background. And then, you know, you work in the office day in, day out, and you realize, hmm, am I, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? You know, is this, is this how I want to spend my time and energy, like doing something that I know that actually is not going to work or is, is not something that is really what I should be doing at this, at this point, you know, when all these problems in the world are, world are happening, there was this void and this kind of need to be, to have more impact in a different way. That slowly made me realize like that I had to switch careers <laughs> and then I had to just take control of my own kind of projects and, and, and the clients that I was uh, going to work with. So what are you doing now? Now to go a little bit back for st- uh, just a year ago, when I finally left behind my architecture career, I was uh, looking for a while how to transition, how to finally uh, start following my dream, let's say, and, and, and having more impact. I looked back at, you know, the person I had become until that point. So by then I was like already 33 years old. So there was a lot of history there. So I just... Uh, I looked at my childhood, what I was good at. I looked at like kind of all the traveling that I had, that I had done and how that inspired me, how that changed my perspective on, on so many things. Uh, I took into account that I did get a lot out of, you know, the architecture studies and being an architect and seeing how this, uh, human behavior is shaped by environments. And that brought me actually to the conclusion that I, to be myself mentally healthy and to be of service to others i needed to continue to be able to travel but the same and the same time create stories that or or or, you know capture stories of uh people that are 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 making a difference that uh in the world and share them so i I get a conclusion that being being a photographer and uh, uh, sharing the stories is is the way to go. You know, I've I've been photographing for for a while, but I never really thought about making the profession. I thought, why not like try to to see if I can, uh, you know, 
I can uh, monetize it somehow and make a living out of it. So, and since then I've been, I've been building my business, which is, which is then combining all these elements of travel, um, photography and storytelling, being of service to kind of society and uh, by sharing the stories that need to be heard. And that's, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. You and I briefly connected last whenever <laughs> about this, but I'm your age too. And I left a career too that I spent you know, a lot of effort and time, something I enjoyed. I really did enjoy it. And you and I were talking the other day about how, you know, there are elements in this previous life that kind of pull over into what we're called to do in our creative pursuits. And sometimes it's easy to say like, okay, well, you know, being an architect, that was a complete waste of my time. Being a therapist, that was a complete waste of our time. But there are skill sets that we bring into that because you notice space and structure and, you know, the environment. I've never thought about that. I don't think it affects me, but I'm not aware of it. So there are these things we pull into our previous life, into our creative pursuits. Um, and it's not a waste of time. And I'm wondering, I'm very curious about this as a previous architect, somebody who's studied structure and beauty and safety and all these things of these environments that we build for ourselves and we inhabit. What lessons from that have you pulled into photography and connection and leadership and things that maybe the normal person might run over that you say, wait, stop, look at this? Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, that's a very interesting topic because, like, yeah. as as you say, I've I've been surrounded by you know this uh, knowledge and this curiosity to how our environments influence us uh, for the last 10 years. And, and you know, they, they say we are creatures of our environment. So um, just to give you an example, like well, traveling, like and being coming in contact with all these different cultures, you really realize how geography, geographical location, just like to look at it at that big scale influences people, you know, like the, the climate, you know, the, the, amounts, the amounts of sunshine, the the air qualities it's it's all these little components that we don't stand that we all take for granted let's say they all like uh, influence our mental health you know so if you look at a smaller scale if you if like for example living in a house like an architect is is in a way is just responsible by combining like elements like lights air quality you know safety like you say but also comfort levels combining that this knowledge to make a building work for a human being to be comfortable and safe inside all these things uh, are shaping us every day you know like the the country you live in the geographical location the house you spend your most your, your timing or even the workplace this is very important you know we, we we used to spend at least so much time in the office <laughs> who knows where we're going with that now but this all like influences uh your mood how your brain works how uh you know you you connect with others even if you if you know if you really look look deep like the amount of light for example like I've been always a very light sensitive person. If, if I don't have enough light in the office, at the end of the day, I come home and I'm completely energy depleted. And, you know, if you look, if you look at the science of that to go a bit deeper, it's just because we human creatures, we, we have this circadian rhythm. And, you know, if that gets disrupted, so if our body thinks during the day that it's night, then we're, we're going to have a worse time to, to fall asleep. So, and then, you know, you can go uh, figure out, okay, if you want a good night of sleep to feel great in daytime, what do you have to do for that? Well, you have to ventilate your room. 
you have to have uh you know like uh, the bed needs to be comfortable so it's all this is there's millions of little elements you can play with as an architect um, and uh, to create the best kind of environment for people so with the, all that knowledge for, of this uh, impact the places we live in and our daily environments have on us i think uh it's very interesting to to see uh how that also influences us as you know as leaders as entrepreneurs uh you know as creatives like you know just before our conversation we started talking about like our daily our rituals you know what we do for ourselves to feel good about ourselves uh for you know for an important moment or like for this podcast and taking a cold shower like what i said is for me like kind of a thing i do just to get energized you know but that can be also meditation that can be a walk in nature which all influences my mood to be sharp that is a component i think is so important in uh, the stories that i also want to share with the with the world um you know i, I think if you really look at uh, the people who are ma making a difference today they all have their own little rituals to take care of themselves in the sense of uh, mental health but also their physical health how that influences their daily feeling of groundedness or feeling centered to be able to perform uh, for others you know for their families and just to be a, a, a good well-functioning human being. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's fair to say, because you said er earlier, comfort and safety, to maybe ask ourselves, is our environment creating comfort and safety for us? And maybe that would be a fair question to ask for like optimal productivity and creativity? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like wherever you are, I mean, no, I'm putting back my architecture shoes again, of course. Is Please. <laughs> wherever where, wherever, wherever you, you are, like, uh, you know, like I said, the, 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 the light quality, the air quality, this will all influence how you feel during the day. Uh, the sleep quality, uh, you know, what you eat. Um, you know, I have, the, I have this, what I use for myself, because uh, I have studied it a lot and, and I had to because my, I have myself struggled with a lot of mental problems so i had to find kind of a balanced way to show up as my best self and how i see myself is these four elements that are continuously influencing us as human beings which is the self uh, which is like the so the like i said the mental well-being with creativity in there with like meditation mindfulness in general then there is the body, the body aspect where you have the elements of sleep quality, where you have elements of physical activities you do every day to keep yourself sane. Then the third one is uh, relationships we, we uh, have, like, you know, so the interactions we have with other human beings. So the connections we form with our friends, with family, this, you know, how we are of service to the world. And then the fourth one is, is the environment, which is kind of this roof over all the others you know what i mean like literally like <laughs> the environment that we sleep in the environment that we work in so the environment by the environment i mean like this the surroundings that we that we are in while we are doing all these other activities such as mindfulness physical activities and interacting with other people this, these are the four elements that i always try to keep in balance to stay centered during the day for example if i'm really if it's a great day out gray so like a dark gray day rainy day outside and i feel a bit moody that means like oh my my environment is not optimal for me to feel at my best so what do i do i maybe go and add a little bit more into the bucket of my physical you know physical uh, activities so maybe that will cheer me up or maybe i'll go and i have a, a drink uh, with a friend maybe that will bring me back to my balanced state that's how i see these four elements always working together to 
keep uh, uh, a human in a centered state. How does all that inform your photography? I love your photography. You're good. Yeah, with my, with my photography, I want to do several things. One of them is being to, I have this idea that you know, beauty shapes an emotional connection with people. You know, you, all photographers know that you've been a photographer. If people see something beautiful, it captures them. And it's, if you're really good, there is a moment where you kind of look at it and you it can move you. You know, photography has that power to uh, move people. I think that's a really powerful tool to tell stories around what you find is important in life. So for me, what I just said, like it's, it's nature for me is amazingly important because that's where I get my, you know, my, where I find my peace, where I, where I can calm, calm down, where I, where I forget all my worries, uh, where I really connect to something really deep that reminds me of my, my humanity, basically. A lot of people are like that. And especially now in this time of uh, lockdowns and pandemic, I think it's really important to connect with that, with, with nature. Uh, so as a photographer, for example, I try to capture these beautiful landscapes to hopefully inspire someone to look at it and feel uh, something change inside them. But at the same time, uh, I think this this landscapes are just a part of of, of, of the bigger picture you know it's just it's, it's again it's coming back it's the environment we live in and we need to stay connected with but we also need to stay connected with each other uh, and with the self so with my photography what i want to do is share the stories of these unconventional leaders dreamers and thinkers as i say on my website by looking at what they're doing what how they're making a difference and how all these elements have shaped them into the person they have become Everybody has a story of where they come from, you know, and the leaders that I, or, or let's just say the entrepreneurs or whatever you want to call them that I've spoken to until now, they, they all have this very interesting backstory, things they went through, the struggles they had, the routines they had to bring into their lives to get above that and to become uh, this centered person that can show up for everybody else and be of service to the world. With my photographs, I always try to find the essence of who a, a person is, where I'm trying to find the essence of what a landscape really How do you find that? gives to. Hard to say. It's, it's like uh, I, I follow my intuition and just like the things I notice, you know. There's so many uh, amazing things that can capture our attention to just like stand still with a photograph and, and look at, at what's different, you know, what's new, what's, what's something I've, I've never seen before or what, what have I missed? There's so many times that, I, you know, I live in Vancouver, but like you can catch such beautiful pictures of places where millions of people pass through and still find something that is so unique. Yeah. They can, they can, uh, that's when somebody looks at that, at it, they wonder where you took it. So how do you, how do you think, remain curious about that though? Like I was watching Jerry Seinfeld today interviewing someone, uh, I forgot her name. And the way they looked at each other, he was studying her intently and she was studying him back intently. And I could see that inner dialogue where they're both trying to look at each other and see each other. And it was dead silent, but you could tell they were just the most curious about each other. And I was like, I want to be that curious about people. You know, but I think I'm so wrapped up in my own head about me and what I want to do and all of that to like completely step back and see Vlad completely as himself and like to be completely immersed with you and who you are and your essence. I think that's a skill set I have to develop. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, for me, it's also pure. It's it's curiosity. Like uh, from back when I was a kid, um, I was extremely curious to just like 
go out wherever I am, just go out and see what, what, what new I can find. You know, I, I get this energy and this feeling of aliveness of just going somewhere and discovering something I've never seen before. As a photographer, I try to train myself to, to find that even close to home, you know, like, uh, of course, I, I always want to go out to somewhere completely new in a different country, different culture and, and see uh, how, what kind of beautiful things I can capture there. But at the same time, uh, it's a good exercise just to get out, out of your door at home and just like walk through the street and, and see uh, if there's something different. And, and you know, it's, there actually always is because as a photographer, you know that light is very important and, and light is constantly changing here in Vancouver. We have four seasons and you know the sort of seasons are always changing it and i really realized especially during the pandemic that i love to go to the same place in different seasons and just see how it changed with you know the, how the vegetation has changed how the colors have changed and uh and and just take the same exactly the same picture in exactly the same place i think that's super uh super fascinating uh so yeah i would say just uh following curiosity um learning to notice like the smallest differences or learning to notice something so quirky and weird that it's worth capturing because you know it's probably never going to happen again <laughs> how do you personally balance being ambitious and being creative mm -hmm. i think being creative for me is has always been like a like something I almost can't live without. You know, I just, it's it's feeding me myself. It's like kind of self indulgent thing that I do. I wanna I wanna always you know go out and take photos, or I also love to write, or you know I have a guitar and I need to play guitar just to have you know this kind of mild mindfulness for me almost. I just get lost in the creative process so it feels like something i can't live without is how i express myself but uh but the ambitious side is of course like thinking like mm, yeah but a part of being kind of self-indulgent in my creations how am i gonna also be of service to society and, and how am i gonna create an impact with with my photographs or uh with my writing they go of course hand in hand is kind of the you know being being at the same time artist or a creator and an entrepreneur so um i for me it's it's been I mean, I've been, I was just thinking about it yesterday. I've been always fascinated with entrepreneurs and uh, how they design their own life around their own business and how they uh, really influenced uh, so many people. That goes back to like when I was still at university and, you know, I've always been so fascinated by people listening to podcasts and reading about them. So for me, there was always this kind of need to always connect what I do to how it can impact others. And sometimes I do have like this, still this, oh, you know, wouldn't it be nice if I could just sit here in my home and just play guitar the whole day and just take photos and just not having to put them online and like not going all through this, you know, misery of finding marketing strategies. But at the same time, then I think, yeah, but then nobody's going to see it and nobody's going to know about it. So then uh, there's no other choice um, than just to try and be uh, more of an entrepreneur, you know, have an entrepreneurial mindset, uh, which is fun, too, if you really get into it. So that's how I balance uh, those two. All right, y'all. Y'all make sure you connect with Vlad over at VladRoskin.com. And again, his IG is at Vlad's Gallery. We have one more little bit from him. But before we go... I hope this conversation encouraged you that, yes, you can shift, 
You can pivot. Things can change. Lean into your curiosity. Lean into what lights you up. Go the unconventional path. Love you guys in your corner. See you soon. Coming back to this unconventional, I really love that word because having experienced this kind of more traditional work yeah. uh, and, and lifestyle before, I I have realized that we do need people who are uh, have the courage to be unconventional in the sense that the struggles we are facing now with the world they need new kind of thinking. You know, we need Amen. to. We need to start from scratch. We need to figure out who we are as people and honestly come forward with, with, with that. So what I would say to anybody is just to really spend the time just figuring out uh, where you're coming from, what you really love and how you are different and build something out of that because I think the world really needs unconventional leaders. Hey, y'all, before we jet out of here, if you are looking to build a course or a membership site, build in some online income so you can fund your creative work, you know, bring in a little extra money monies. One of my favorite platforms, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's my favorite platform, is Kajabi. Almost everybody I work with, I somehow convinced to get onto Kajabi. I personally use it. It's an all-in-one platform for not only your email list, but also hosting your courses, your membership sites, and pretty much whatever you wanna do. You can do it on Kajabi. To start your free trial, all you have to do is go to heatherparity.com forward slash Kajabi. That is linked in the show notes. And start your trial for 14 days. I mean, technically, you could build a product, sell the product within two weeks, and it pays for itself. No sweat. Again, that is heatherparity.com forward slash Kajabi.